is the future. This is not the past. The new XFL will kick off in 2020. If you smell what the XFL is cooking. It's still football, but it's professional football reimagined. This is our moment, our story to tell. This is history begun. This is the XFL! Welcome, football fans. This is the week of December 23rd, 2018. This is the road to 2020, and this is the XFL Show. I'm Alan. And I'm Bryant. This week, we are talking to the Director of Player Personnel for the XFL, Eric Galco. Right here on the show, this is episode 48, Scout or Die. You like that title, Bryant? I could I could rework that one. I don't know. I don't know, man. How are you? Welcome to <laughs> Hardcore Football Talk this week, man. Oh, man. There is... You know, we talk about meat on a bone. I mean, this thing is like it's like the rump roast, whatever it is, that has the most meat on a bone because that's what you get out of this. It was incredible. Uh, a special thanks to that man again, Eric Galco, for uh, for taking the time to to really break down uh, so much. I mean, we, we go into uh, optimum scouting and exactly what they uh, and what the role is with the XFL, but I mean, we went into uh, you know other dimensions with this guy, and, and it was great. Very good insight. Yes, today you are going to hear one hardcore football freaky talk. I mean, we, we get into the details of what's going behind getting players into the XFL today. This is a, a great episode, everybody, so listen up, especially you football freaks, because Eric Galco, he's the director of player personnel for the XFL now. He is the CEO of Optimum Scouting, who... Before, you know, go back in the archives. We talked all about them. The XFL brought Optimum Scouting on to help create a pool of players that for coaches and teams to to look at and eventually, you know, make up their own teams with. So Eric Galco is is the brains behind that operation. He's brought on to the XFL director of player personnel. He was in Mississippi at the test run, the first iteration of the new rules in the XFL, and he talked to some of the players as they were told the new rules. Bryant, we get into all of that with Eric Galco, not to mention what the drafts are going to be like, when what he actually does on a day-to-day basis in terms of Getting this player pool and all this data together for the XFL as they gear up to fill their rosters in 2019. Yeah, and don't forget, he, he gives us a kind of a, a quick overview of what the signing processes are going to be like for the XFL and and uh, what he thinks about his other ventures and how they're going to relate to the XFL. I mean, there's pay attention, people, because there's a lot to, to take in this interview, I'll tell you. Absolutely. It's a, it's a good, chunky, meat-on-the-bone episode. Like Brian said, we talked to Eric Galco this past Wednesday, and uh, I'm it's Sunday morning, right? The show drops still gnawing on the bone. I'll probably be gnawing on this conversation for a while, <laughs> at least into the new year. So a lot of you ask us questions on Twitter, at XFL Show, Instagram, at XFL Show, Facebook, at XFL Show, and you call the XFL fan line, 724-565-4XFL. Today, I'm telling you, this is such a deep conversation on the play personnel side of the XFL hopefully a lot of your questions regarding the players will be answered in this episode if not you can always reach out to us and we will get back to us ranting and arguing like we did last week over all those rules Bryant last week we were arguing this week we've got someone who was actually there watching those rules uh, you know be enforced 
watching the new tiered extra points, watching double forward passes, and we learn from his perspective what it was like. And uh, he seemed optimistic. I know we were for most of the rules. We didn't like some of them. Uh, you, you and I, I think are deferred on almost every rule. I don't know. You still you don't like ball spotters, but I will say uh, the the term ball spotter, as uh, Leo put on the XFL fan line, he called this week said uh, maybe change the term ball spotter. Don't know about that one. <laughs> well, that's just another reason why that uh, idea probably is not the best. But hey, you know what? Uh, what Eric goes into is basically saying how uh, you know these rules are still. Well, well, you'll listen to see exactly what he's saying about these rules. But there's still more changes to come, more confirmations. I think uh, this is just the one of the series of three test environments uh, down in Mississippi. So uh, well, I'm sure we'll have plenty of more of those types of arguments as as the as 2019 uh, folds. Yeah, so let, let's let's get right into it. It's 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 a, a deep football conversation. He is the president of Optimum Scouting. He's the director of player personnel for the XFL. His name is Eric Galco, and he is this week's hot read on this is the XFL show. Blue fifty eight, blue fifty eight, go. Hey, Rick Flair, Rick Flair. Pepper, clip, caliber, Motown, happy, jolly, drunk, buster, burr, tiger, and he's got a hound too, right? For fans who saw the headline or maybe missed it, what is Optimum Scouting and what will most of the work Optimum Scouting does for the XFL consist of? Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on, and I got a chance to talk about the XFL a little bit, and really I appreciate what you guys have done, especially in, in covering the league so far, and a lot of exciting announcements coming uh, in the next few months, and uh, I know we appreciate you guys starting early and, and getting people excited. So so my company, Optum Scouting, is a scouting consulting firm. Uh, we've worked with, over the last you know, better part of a decade, uh, more than that even, uh, working with professional football teams. Uh, a lot of these new startup football leagues and, and more minor roles than this, colleges, players, agencies, et cetera, um, we provide scouting analytical information throughout. Um, you know, for every part of the football world, they need a little something different. Um, and I think for the XFL especially, it's a lot of not only scouting and evaluation tools, and a lot of our scouting is it, really done. We've got an expansive database of analytics and scouting reports and grades on guys that we're less inclined to, to nitpick over grades. But I think what we can do is, really have a good relationship with players and agents and people throughout the industry to get people excited about the XFL. Uh, the XFL is, you know, once we talk to people about it, they get excited themselves and they're excited to be a part of the XFL. So I think really my job is to, you know, be efficient, uh, be analytical, be you know, kind of comprehensive, but not in an inefficient way. And then just get out there and talk to these players and agents about how exciting the XFL all is from the contracts to the, you know, uh, TV deals we might we may have in the future to our cities to our marketing opportunities. It really is an exciting time, and, and it's my job to to know who the players are, identify them, and then uh, you know really start getting them excited about it. And when was Optimum Scouting approached by the XFL, or or did you guys reach out to the league? Uh, it was a little bit of both. Um, you know, this industry, the football industry, is 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 not that big of an industry, <laughs> uh, especially in the in the scouting world. And thankfully, at Optimum Scouting, you know, we've been doing this for a long time, and we've we've found a carved a niche to not be beholden to an NFL process. Um, what I always kind of say is the NFL has their way of doing things, and, and we work with NFL teams um, and have in the past and know people in the NFL, but if you're not an NFL team, 
you shouldn't follow the NFL process. Uh, and that's something I believe in. That's why our offense County has been founded on. So I think it was a mix of we had, you know, kind of mutual connections and it seemed like a good fit initially. And, and then we kind of went from there and said, hey, you know, this seems like a really good fit. Let's talk more about it. And I think the more we got a chance to talk, the more we saw our, our needs aligned, where what Optum Scouting had in place and what our mission would be and really what our vision would be and how to build these rosters really was in line with what the XFL was thinking in this innovative, new, creative approach. And, and again, not feeling that we have to match what the NFL is doing, but the XFL could do our own thing. I believe that, and I think the team at the XFL thought as well, and, and that's why it was a great fit. Uh, Eric, you know, this, this last postseason, you know, it was uh, kind of uh, apparent how Major League Baseball was going towards this analytics and new technology. And I'm just curious, uh, how does how crucial are analytics and new technology to what Optimum Scouting does? Yeah, you know, it's a great question. And, and something, you know, I, I don't come from an analytics background. Um, and I was a finance major in, in college and a law, I went to law school and, and, and a law school graduate. So I'm, I'm much more analytical thinking in terms of process and efficiency. Uh, but we've got a great staff at Optimum Scouting that, you know, creates football-focused analytics is what we call them, right? We don't come at it from a purely number standpoint. We say, hey, here's what we believe is going to happen, our hypothesis. And then over the last decade, we've tested those consistently to see what's predictive and what's not. So uh, the best way to think about analytics is, hey, there are upwards of 700 guys that are cut from NFL teams that are available every August, September. But even before that, there are 10,000 guys in our database every NFL draft class to be considered for the NFL. And in the NFL, they can be selective, right? They can afford to miss on guys because they'll find them later or the league will be just fine without those guys. But the XFL, we can't miss on those players. We've got to find the guys who fall through the cracks because of whatever it may be. And that's what our analytics is focused on is saying, hey, let's use all the data we have from athletic testing to production in college to high school experience to college start experience to historical data about what matters each position. We tie all that together to say, hey, here are the 100-plus receivers in this draft class who may have NFL ability. And 45 guys go to the NFL, and we further vet those 55. And I think really shrinking down that pool of guys, not missing on players, but shrinking the number of guys we have to really thoroughly evaluate makes our job a lot easier. So our analytics department doesn't guide who we look at, but it really does narrow our focus sometimes, say, hey, don't spend time on these guys too much because they're likely not going to make it analytically. And then, you know, myself and our team, we're going through cross-checks and reevaluating guys. We know who to focus on. And, and thankfully, it's something that we found a great industry standard. Um, people in the industry are looking more and more to our analytics and, and our cross-checks on those. And on the NFL, XFL gets a chance to benefit from that because, hey, we're, we're not going to watch 10,000 guys via film every single, every single year. We know who to watch, both the NFL and the XFL, and we can be really, really efficient. So I can spend more time talking to players, talking to agents, spreading the word about the XFL because the XFL is a little bit of a recruiting job, right? And, and guys have the option to not only play in the NFL or play elsewhere, but, you know, a lot of these guys are smart, and they can say play in the NFL or go be an executive someplace, start their own company. And, and we've got to make sure they believe the XFL is worthwhile for their time. So it's a little bit of scouting, and we rely on analytics and our scouting team to, to be successful. But, you know, I want to make sure we have enough time to spend time not watching film and actually recruiting these players. So – uh, so what Optimum Scouting basically is doing then is putting this whole player pool together, Eric, for the league, and you're kind of scouting for eight teams at the same time right now, right? Right. Yeah, we'll be we'll be leading um, the player personnel for the entire league, and you know we're excited for that, and we've got a chance to really sculpt what this league may look like. And I think the fact that we're working from the league perspective, people people seem to have some questions on that, but. It, there's going to be perfect competitive balance because of you know the XFL draft and how we're going to allocate players, not 
just willy-nilly, but really with a purpose and a draft in place. But having all these guys together, once we sign guys to the XFL, they are XFL players. They're not going to get cut or dragged along or, or forgotten about. They're going to be part of what we're building. And, and I, I use that message a lot, um, not only with players and agents, but people in the industry saying, hey, be a part of what we're building. And we want to keep that brand trust high. If you know about the XFL, if you want to play for the XFL, and if you're good enough, you're going to be a part of the XFL and one of our 496 players under contract. So, so we're really excited about <clears throat> having guys in the league, a part of the XFL, and then finding out in late September, just like everybody else who's going to watch live the, the XFL draft, to know, hey, you know, here's, here's what team you're going to be on. But you're going to be an XFL player first, and it requires a lot of job on our end to vet these guys thoroughly, to speak with them, not only do film evaluation and analytics focus, but character, right? Meet these players, make sure they're XFL-type players and XFL-type people we want to build with. But that's really the message we're sending. It's, hey, we're going to sign, and my job and our team's job is to, is to really focus on signing and leading the player personnel for our entire league and, and setting up our, our future you know, head coaches and personnel teams for each individual team to decide which of those guys they want. You know, Eric, uh, with, with a 10,000-player pool, I can't imagine what your, your day-to-day like is right now. But as director of player personnel, what is your day-to-day like right now, and, and how do you see that changing or evolving throughout 2019? Yeah, it's a great question. I, I think, you know, right now my job is to direct what, what needs we have at the XFL to our staff. So, so right now, December through February is a little bit different than what March and, and through May may look like. So a lot of my job is, is kind of twofold is directing what our initiatives are at the XFL league-wide and, and wh- what kind of players we're trying to sign, what our focus may be, and having our staff and analytics department focused on that, um, as well as be proactive myself. And, and a lot of my job is, you know, I, I'm a – I'm a film guy myself. I wake up every morning and I watch two or three games of film. I can't help myself. I've got to go watch, you know, a couple of games just to stay sane and, and do what I've done for the last, you know, better part of a decade and more. Uh, but a lot of my job is, is making calls and really right now spreading the word about the XFL because what I've learned is that the more people that learn these details, both on and off the record, about what the XFL really is and, and again, the term what we're building, people get excited and they want to do work for us, right? They want to hey, here are the guys that, you know, as an agent, right, an agent might say, hey, here are 10 guys for the XFL, and here's all their bio, and here's all their contact information, too. That, that helps with us because it allows our job to be a little easier and know who's available, but also generates excitement because you know, these guys are going to take a chance in the XFL. We're confident the league office. You guys are confident the XFL, XFL will be around for a long time. But, you know, people in the industry, agents are naturally pessimistic, and I think getting them on board is important. So a lot of my job now and will be for the next few months is very much talking to these agents and players and industry leaders about what the XFL is, why you should believe in it, why it's going to be around for a long, long time, and, and really why players and agents and coaches and industry people should want to be a part of what we're building uh, as a league office. So to answer your question especially, it's directing our scouting teams to know, hey, what are XFL initiatives to do? And then my job a lot is, is being on the road, flying to agencies, flying to players, uh, calling all the people all the time. And and making sure the industry knows how exciting the XFL really is. Yeah, it sounds like right now it's a bit of a grind for you, Eric, and and the sales part. And hopefully, in the you know mid twenty nineteen, those the agents will start calling you, and people will start believing a little bit more. Like we have here, been covering it since the announcement came out. And you know, when you talk to those guys, you could tell them they could listen to the show and they can learn a whole lot about <laughs> the league because we're we're every week, man. Um, yeah, so- that, that'd be great. Yeah, that'd be great. And again, it's not necessarily a you know a, a little bit of a salesy type role, but. You know, one of the big things that, that thankfully I've been able to hopefully offer the XFL moving forward is, is I've been, you know, working with 
industry people, agents especially, over the last decade. And, and I've got, a, I think, a pretty strong relationship with a lot of the bigger, but also mid-sized and smaller agents that, you know, are looking for opportunities for their guys that didn't make the NFL. And, and I know how they think. I know what they care about. I, I can be real with them because I've, I've worked with them. I've been in that area consulting for them in the past. So I think, you know, again, when I talk to people, it's been almost unanimous that people leave those meetings really excited, want to learn more. We're not in a rush to sign a bunch of players. We're not trying to find any guy who wants to play. We can, the more I can generate excitement, the more as a team we can generate excitement, and the more people can listen to this podcast and know what the details really are, the more that we're going to get better quality players because supply and demand, if the demand is high, we're going to have great players. Yeah, and I really do believe the XFL is going to have great players. And if I'm a player, I look at some of the rules you guys were experimenting with at that first test in Mississippi, and I'm getting real excited. Uh, Also, if I'm an athletic lineman, I'm getting excited because we saw you guys were tinkering with a one-yard neutral zone, shorter play clock too. Is it safe to say the XFL, when it comes to offense and defensive linemen, they'll be leaner, more athletic-type players? Yeah, I think so. And, you know, part of it is something, you know, I'm still, you know, I'm, I'm open-minded about a lot of this stuff, but I've been doing this long enough to know that you've got to be flexible and malleable. And, and I don't think I quite know exactly what our, our linemen may look like, right? They may be NFL-looking linemen. We may realize the neutral zone actually allows bigger guys to get to their spot quicker and can set up and have more lead time to not worry about being as stiff. Or it might be that if you're an undersized or smaller lineman, compared to NFL guys, you may have an, a much better time of being a dominant run blocker. So I don't think we quite know yet, which is great. And, and I'll say this about the XFL and, and really the leadership team and, you know, people have, Oliver Lux put in place is that everyone is, is so smart about how to handle this whole thing that we're not rushing for answers. We're able to be flexible and malleable and, and try stuff out and, and have ideas because we have time. We are focused on being a great product, not just answering questions right away. So, so I think so. To answer your question, I, I think so. We're going to have, you know, quicker linemen really look back at the, you know, the Mike Shanahan days and even now the Kyle Shanahan days of, yeah. of zone blocking linemen being around 280, 270. I don't think we're going to have all of our teams be that. I want to have options for coaches to say, hey, you know, some coach might look at the, the, the rule changes in the scheme and be like, I think I can run a power offense out of this. And some might say zone. So I, I think what's great is that we're going to have innovators all the time. And if, if, if a team has a lot of, you know, undersized linemen, I'm, there's going to be one XFL head coach that says, well, I'm going to overcorrect and hire, you know, bring out a draft three thirty pound defensive tackles and just clog up the middle of the field too. So I think we're going to allow for innovation. So it's my job to kind of have an idea about what type of players may fit best, but I'll let coaches decide and, and use, you know, kind of natural selection to be, Hey, who's, who's going to be good XFL players or not. I'll let coaches make that choice at the end of the day. Yeah, what will your relationship be with head, the head coach slash GMs in the league as the director of player personnel? Yeah, I, I think it's going to be kind of a lot like the NFL teams that when you see a head coach who has a lot of power um, in the NFL, right? The scouting staff is not there to tell the head coach, here's where your players are, but it's really to support them and empower them. And, you know, as a head coach, it's going to be difficult for, for all of our head coaches, I think. And, and we, have, we have some great guys we're already talking to that maybe could, could handle us all. But, but having a head coach, an ultimate decision maker, who, who maybe can't watch 456 players and know them in and out, uh, they're going to lean on, on us a little bit. But it's my job to kind of tee it up. Hey, here's who these guys are. But now you go watch the film and you decide how that player's going to fit your scheme. Um, so I think a lot of it's going to be, you know, these, these, these coaching staff and the, and the, the team personnel when they're, you know, evaluated and, and a part of the XFL moving forward, 
they're going to get a chance to, to not start from scratch. That's my job. Make these guys not start from scratch. Know the measurables, the character, uh, the, the film, the analytics, to say, hey, here's who these guys are. You decide how much you're going to value that type of player. Because right? a lot of scouting is not, is this guy good or bad? It's here's who this guy is. Does he fit what you want to do? And that's what I believe in, and that's what I think our, our coaches will get a chance to do, is to say, hey, this guy might be great for – the Seattle team's offense, but for my offense here in Dallas, he's not a good fit. And that's okay. And I think that's what the scouting reports are going to be for players. And I don't believe in, in valuing guys on strengths and weaknesses. Hey, here's who you are as a player. Read over the support coaches, and you decided that guy fits what you want to do. Then watch your own film and see if, if you think he's a guy that fits your offense or defense. Kind of moving towards uh, the signing of players, you know, Oliver Luck mentioned that the bulk of the players will be signed kind of in those August cuts for the NFL teams. But, uh, you know, there's there's – you mentioned there's hundreds and thousands of players that don't go uh, drafted and unsigned after April. Do you think in April the XFL will be in a position to begin signing players, or is that all going to happen uh, later on in 2018? Yeah, I, I think we'll, we'll probably release a little bit about what our kind of signing schedule is loosely, and I don't think we're going to have you know 80% of our guys signed in August, um, in part because that's just it's a lot to do. Uh, in just one month. But I do think we want to make sure we have a lot of spots available for guys who, you know, maybe aren't guys that sign early with us but have great talent, need a place to go, and, and want to take advantage of all the Xbox to offer. We certainly want to have, you know, roster spots, a lot of them available for August. But, you know, I think we're in a great position to, hey, as guys are available and as we vet these guys, character-wise, athletically, health-wise, experience, et cetera, which we're already doing now, right? It's We're, we're more than a year out and we're already kind of vetting you know, over a thousand players so far on all those criteria, not just film, but really like, are they, are they XFL type players? Uh, we're able to do that now. And, and I think that there are guys that are available for a variety of reasons, right? Keep in mind, you know, free agency starts in the NFL in March. And if guys are unlikely to be signed in March or April, maybe we can look at those guys. And then the NFL draft, as you mentioned, then rookie mini camps happen in May. If guys don't make a, a 90 man roster, maybe we sign guys then we're going to have showcases at all of our, you know, down the road, too, about, you know, watching guys work out uh, before our season, too. So I, I think we're in a good spot to, to sign guys throughout the next calendar year. And, and while I, I certainly agree that, and Oliver knows, that hey, we're going to have a lot of our great players sign in August, there's a lot of players that are available right now that as long as they're in shape, good character guys that, that we know have the talent to be NFL players, nonetheless, great XFL players. So it'll be, it'll be kind of a rolling process signing players, and we're excited about that. Now, Eric, I saw that you're involved with Your Call Football, the league that lets fans gamble and call plays in real time, and it's actually even coming out. I think the NFL is maybe going to consider uh, working with Your Call Football for the Pro Bowl in the future. How, how are you involved with uh, Your Call Football, and how much of what they do is being considered for the XFL? Yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, great question. Probably what I was up to and appreciate you doing the homework and, and knowing about Yorkall Football. But, but no, Yorkall Football is, you know, at its heart, it's a, it's a tech company. Um, it's a revolutionary, really, really impressive. And I'd encourage you guys to play it when, when our next series is announced. Um, but Yorkall Football is a tech company that allows fans to call plays live on the field, right? If you ever played Madden before, you click the app Madden button, you get three plays to choose from. Think about calling, getting those three plays from one of our great head coaches and position coaches, and then you pick the play that runs live on the field, and you get points if that play successful, just like fantasy football. It really is revolutionary. That's why the NFL um, has, will continue to speak with Yorkville football because of 
that revolutionary technology. Um, and, and my job was, hey, last time, it was in April and May, we had two teams uh, full of professional football players, former NFL guys, that went to York on football, got paid, got taken care of, got great film, and got a chance to get great coaching. Um, and that was back in April and May of 2019. Um, and it'll return. Uh, the official announcement hopefully coming in the next week or so, but it'll be sometime in the first quarter of 2019, of 2019 uh, about when our next two-team series, they're called, is going to be. And hopefully you guys can play your call and, and see how awesome it is. But, um, you know, I've been with your call for the better part of the last two years before working with the XFL. And, you know, the XFL has been gracious enough to allow me to keep working with your call for just one more time and, and build those two-team rosters. And there's no official, you know, partnership with, XFL and York Hall football, they're not, you know, funding it. There's no partnership, but I'm able to, to work with York Hall one last time. And, and as you guys can imagine, it's a great opportunity for players to go there, to get a little bit of money, not a full-time contract, but a little bit of money for five weeks, get great NFL quality coaching. Uh, we have about 300 years of NFL coaching experience uh, on that York Hall football two-team staff. Um, and I'll get a chance, and, and the XFL will get a chance, as well as NFL teams, and alliance teams, they want to go down there and watch. We're not going to be restrictive to, to evaluate players. Uh, and I think it's a great opportunity for guys to go down there. So I'll be working with them just one more time to help out because it's a fantastic company, great technology. And like I said, I don't, I don't want to comment for sure if there's any XFL, your call opportunities. As of right now, there's not, but it's a fantastic company. And if the NFL is interested, I think everyone in the industry should take note. Yeah, we heard Oliver Luck reference it as well, especially when talking about the live betting aspect of the XFL, which we're told is going to be you know on the app. So uh, we're interested to see. It. I was why I was you know going on your call's website, and I, my heart started racing. It looked exhilarating that that series, as they call it, that game. And I saw you had Merrill Hodge, former Pittsburgh Steelers, a coach, and and it looked like, it looked like a fun time. So we'll definitely be keeping an eye out for the next series, Eric. That looked really cool. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can't say enough to to watch what they've what they've built. And I think it's a, you know people want to combine gaming and and football all the time. And and you know imagine Madden in real life is kind of what the easy pitches. But yeah. when you get a chance to really play it and see it, as well as having great talent on the field, um, it's uh, it's an exciting venture. And I think everyone in the industry is, is interested in it for right now. But the NFL taking that leap about maybe using it for the Pro Bowl or something like that. I know they're excited about it. York on football and. I think from a fan perspective, once you get a chance to play it, you'll see how competitive you really are and how innovative it all is. And uh, the first time I played in the demo, you know, two years ago, I played with my girlfriend who knows things too about football as well. But she started kicking my butt early on about picking the right play and they'll play being successful. And it's something that you can do whether you have a lot of football knowledge or not. But it's, it's certainly exciting, innovative. And, and that's why, you know, I think the XFL and myself, you know, want to talk with and meet with people who are smart in the industry. And the people at your call, uh, Julie Maringer, their CEO is – is brilliant and and really in the industry we have a chance to to align ourselves with those type of people and we're excited about that i gotta hop on that website it sounds like uh, as soon as i get off of work or something uh but (laughs) eric uh you know oliver look and i mean and even Vince McMahon said that it's going to be about the quality of the play and we're noticing all these test runs down in mississippi and with all these rules that are being tested out and do you know if the rules that they are testing out are set in stone and do you by chance know when the next test run is going to be yeah, um, I will say this. The rules are, as far as what they'll be in XFL 2020, are purposely not set in stone. Um, you know, we're not taking rule changes just to do them, right? We, all of our rules have to be foolproof and enough that we're not just restricting for restricting purposes. We want to allow for innovation. 
Uh, we want to allow, say, hey, here is a way to make the game safer and allow for coaches to find creative new ways to score points or to have advantageous ways on defense. And we'll let coaches figure out the process. What we're testing really is to make sure that there's no loopholes we're creating or no long-term ramifications that, oh, oh no, you know, this rule may not work. And I know, you know, I know the Alliance and even the NFL at times has tried to make rules that are just restrictive or telling people what to do. And our rules are not going to just tell a coach what to do. It's, hey, here's, here's the new rule. You go crazy and innovate with that all the time. Um, and, and we want to make sure all these rules are innovative able to, to have smart coaches take advantage of the plays, not in a way that's unfair, but in a way that says, hey, these guys are smart. So to answer your question, we're not done innovating. We're not done fine-tuning these rules. And we're taking the rule changes very, very seriously because we don't want them to be gimmicky. We don't want fans to think we're changing rules for rules' sake. All of our rules come from a foundation of uh, either historical data or analytics and or player safety. Um, all of our rules are have been for the last six months especially thoroughly vetted on paper and talking with coaches about why they should be enacted for, again, all those reasons. Um, and then we're, we're making sure they work. So uh, the next test, I believe, will be, um, at least live test, will be at the Spring League uh, in, in March. I think their event's starting, and we'll have a chance to test those rules out a little bit more, and we'll probably have multiple more testing of these rules, not because they're wonky or because we're worried about them, but because we want to make sure the quality on the field is great and we don't take these rule procedures lightly. We didn't just write up these rules, check if they work, and move on. We want to make sure they're perfect so fans can grow with them and we can see again coaches innovate, fans appreciate players, find creative ways to score or have advantage on defense too. And, and that's what's really exciting is that we went down there to Mississippi and we introduced these new rules and we, I, I talked to players. My job was working with the players and and seeing what they thought. And we could already see ideas firing from players about creative ideas or trick plays or strategies within a couple of minutes of the rule being instituted, which is great. That's what we want to have happen. We don't want to say, here's what you do. We want to say, here's the rule and allow for these guys to go crazy and innovate. And that's what's a lot of fun about these rule changes is it's kind of where the NFL is going already. We're going to get there a little bit early, be creative, be innovative, and then really let players and coaches figure out the rest for us. Oh, yeah, the XFL put out those YouTube videos, Eric, and we watched them, and that gave us material to argue about on our show, the entire show last week, and off-air, we've been arguing about five-yard halo rules on punts, tiered extra points, and unlimited forward passes. I can only imagine what you guys were talking about actually being there in Mississippi, and you said you were you know, there for the players. With these rule changes, that might take players a while to adjust. Did you notice this in Mississippi? How much time do you think players and coaches will need to acclimate to the new rules of the XFL? Yeah, I, I was shocked very quickly. Uh, players picked up the rules and the concepts very, very quickly. Um, and they're not drastic, drastic changes. They may seem that way on paper, but actually in practice, they're easy to understand because they make sense, right? Because we're not just changing things to, you know, overcorrect on a player safety. Player safety is a huge importance. And we want to make sure that we, the football is still football while also considering player safety. So, so I've got to say, talking to players, it was about how can we use these plays to our advantage or what we should do to prevent stuff. Not about what does this mean? Why are we doing this? Everyone got it very quickly, which is a testament to you know the football office and, and Sam Schwartzstein, especially at the XFL office, who 
who thought these things through, who talked to a lot of players and special teams coaches and head coaches and uh, innovators at the college level to say, hey, does this make sense? Is this going to work? Does this still look like football uh, in so many ways? And, and I would say from player perspective, it'll be easy pickup. And we're going to over, overdo that. We're going to make sure all these players are perfectly comfortable with the rules too. But hey, I was down there for, for three, four days. And within a couple hours each day, not even a couple hours, an hour, every player got it. Every player understood what we're going for. The strategy stuff was being worked out mentally, not necessarily in real time, but mentally these players saw, okay, here's why I play the halo rule a little bit differently. Here's how we can use the double forward pass, if that's even part of our rules, you know, in a game situation. Here's how the kickoff is actually going to make sense for us strategy-wise. Here's how, you know, players saw that so quickly, not to mention coaches who saw it as well from a big-picture perspective. So, you know, I don't think it's not going to be a, a drastic change. It's going to be new and different, but not overbearing on players to uh, to adjust. So overall, what was your main take coming out of that first iteration, as Sam Schwartzstein called it, down in Mississippi with the first test run? It sounds cheesy, and I don't mean it this way too, but it, it felt like the future of what football looks like. Uh, the fact that player safety is an initiative for us, but not a deterrent uh, producing good football is something I, I felt unexpected. I went there excited, but definitely pessimistic like most people might be. Right? I'm, I'm a pessimistic guy by nature. I'll, I'll assume it's going to be question more exciting. Not that I didn't trust Sam, but because it's so, it felt so different when I first heard it. But seeing it and seeing how much it made sense, seeing that, again, I keep using the innovation, but it allowed for us to say, here's the new rule, and coaches could go on the whiteboard and scribble up ideas. Players can come ideas up too. It really felt exciting that, hey, we're going to, protect players in so many ways, but also allow for more creative opportunities and strategy, right? Punting will have more strategy than ever. Field goals will have more strategy, or I'm sorry, uh, yeah, field goals, uh, kickoffs, more strategy than ever. Um, extra points in terms of two-point conversions in the tiered system, that's going to have more strategy than ever. And, and putting more strategy into football and taking out meaningless plays and inputting strategy and innovation was so exciting to watch in real time. And, you know, the, the rules and operations is not, you know, it's not my job, not why we were hired. Certainly my input was there. And, and you know, Sam and, and people at the XFL are so good about using everyone's input. But I came in from a fly on the wall to be there, and I'm there watching football changing before my eyes. It really was exciting to see. And, and again, I don't mean that as a hyperbole and be over XFL, you know, team guy, but, uh, but it really was exciting. And I've, I've shown, I got the iPad here that I've shown, you know, former position coaches in the NFL, what these rules may look like, and everyone immediately says, this makes sense. This, this fits what makes sense in terms of football. And, and that's the most exciting part is, is being, seeing these through the XFL lens and seeing that we're, we're not being gimmicky, we're not doing things because they, it makes sense on paper, but because, hey, we want to make, we have a chance to change and, and update and innovate football in ways that the NFL has a tough time doing and that other people don't want to do because they don't really care about that part of this piece. Uh, and we're looking to be, you know, a, a continue to be an innovator of football, and, and seeing that live was phenomenal. Oh, I bet. And, and, and as football freaks, you know, that's what we are. That's what most of our listeners are, seeing the rules, seeing those YouTube videos. I, we just want to see what that game looks like because in your head you, you try to picture what's going to happen. You got to see it live there, Eric. It, it just it seems like – the, like you said, the future of football, and it's pretty exciting. Uh, I can't wait for the next iteration, man. And this has been awesome talking football with you. Brian, you got anything left for Eric? 
Oh man, thank you so much, Eric. I, I really just got to ask you though: Do you think there's with with everything going on and, and everything launching really all at once? Do you think there's such a thing as too much football? And and it's kind of crazy to think that there hasn't been consistent spring football for decades, right? Yeah, you know, this may seem like a surprising answer, but um, I think there is a limit to football. I I don't think I don't think we can have you know four football leagues going on at once and people all love it. Um, but I do think and. And I've seen the market research, and, and I know how fancy I've been. You know, I've worked in the media before. I know kind of the numbers on these things as well. And, and you know, I was talking to someone earlier this morning, actually. You know, during March Madness, if you ask the country what sport they still care most about, it's still football, right? There's, there's college basketball going on, but the numbers say people still care. Not watch, there's nothing on TV right at that point, but they still care about football in the NFL. I think we can fill that void, and I think it's all about – for, for all these other opportunities to just be around, to be a part of, have fans turn on the TV in February and March and see an XFL game here. That's what I think fans really are craving, and they just haven't seen that. And they've gotten burned before, and I think understandably so. But um, yeah, I think as, as more information about the XFL truly comes to light about you know what we're building, uh, what our visions are, uh, how long we're you know, we're going to be around for, which is going to be, you know, a long time. This podcast will not be a one-year podcast. I promise you that maybe out of more than a three-year podcast, maybe a lot, lot longer than that too, because, you know, we have a chance to be around for a long time. So I don't think, you know, people want four football leagues or three football leagues, but I think year-round football is something people are interested in. And I think we have a way to be complimentary to the NFL uh, and, and grow with it. I, I truly believe that. And, uh, and I'm excited for the XFL in 2020. I wish it was coming sooner. Um, you know, I told Oliver when I first got brought on that, hey, if we want to play a team in, in four months, like, I'll do it. We'll do it. Let's just, <laughs> let's just get this going because the more you learn about the XFL, the more you know this is going to be a great success. But uh, planning the people in place will be around in 2022 and beyond. I'm excited to be there for it. Oh, the wait! They say the waiting's the hardest part, Eric. But this is actually really fun—the uh, planning and the the creation of the new football league, man. So enjoy it. Uh, we'll continue to cover it, man. And uh, anytime you want to be on the show, you are more than welcome. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you again for your coverage so far, and and we're all listening. We're all excited, and I appreciate you guys doing this because it's appreciate you guys being on the ground floor because you're going to be a part of uh, you know a, a ground floor something pretty big here and, and we're thankful for it too so I appreciate it guys and we'll talk soon I'll tell you what Bryant I know one thing for sure with the XFL they have smart people behind the scenes right now putting this thing together Eric Galco I mean that was 30 plus minute conversation probably could have gone an extra hour I mean the the, the detail he was there. He said the players got took to the rules so fast. That shocked me. I mean, that was a great interview, man. That was money. You know, uh, very similar to how our Frank Cusimano uh, interview went with, uh, you know, with the announcement of St. Louis. Like you knew St. Louis was mad at Stan Kroenke. I know that Eric Al. No one loves the show more than Eric Alcott, and that's that. <laughs> that hurt the most. But uh, no, you know what? Honestly, it was. Uh, it was a great interview. I can't. I don't want to put ourselves over because that was that was all Eric. I mean, he he's excited for the XFL just as we are, just as you fans are, and uh, just so much. And and then you know what? The one thing that I took, Alan, is that he's saying that there isn't enough room for that much football in the spring. So that's going to be interesting how that unfolds over the next. Yeah, shots fired, kind of right there on this is the XFL <laughs> show. Um, but you know, all I. Know, 
All I can, could think about as we were talking about is uh, jeal- how jealous I am of Eric Galco. Not the work he has to do day to day and actually with the analytics and putting all that data together, but being there watching the, the test runs and just being a part of the process. That It's got to be for a football fan, a football freak, the most fun in the world. And I'm glad he was able to come on the show and uh, share some of that with us. And uh, man, I mean, that, that's just... He, he's just getting started because his 2019 is going to be crazy. Hopefully, we'll be able to get him on again. But I can only imagine what that guy's going to be going through uh, in the coming months as the XFL ramps up uh, their, their player personnel department and their selection process of getting players into the actual player pool for the coaches slash GMs to pick from. Yeah, I mean, 10,000 players, he said, that they start with during every NFL draft. I mean, that's I couldn't even think of that many players. I didn't even know that many players existed out of college every year. That's that's insane. There's so much work to be done. And and to see him, how excited he is, and, and, and all the work that's going into making this right, to making the quality of the play the best that it possibly can uh, is, is quite astonishing and, and it's something that I'm probably the most excited about. When you think about Oliver Luck getting hired, Sam Schwartzstein seems pretty uh, smart. Doug Whaley, uh, you know, his credentials. And now Eric Galco, the people behind the scenes at the XFL, I think are doing a great job. And they're doing a great job of keeping us in the loop as fans, which is just so important uh, as they try to, you know, garner interest and get people excited. I mean, how can't you be if you're a football fan looking at these new rules? you got to be a little bit interested at least. I know you are. I know I was interested in that your call football stuff, Brian. Actually, I know we got to get out of here because you're going to go and uh, start looking at it and, and planning for the next series they have so you could waste all your money on it. Well, you know, <laughs> uh, don't tell the missus, but yeah, I'm definitely gonna gonna sign up for this year called football. At least, at least to fill a void until 2020 when the XFL launches. For the, you know, it seems like it, it's a very interactive way, and I hope the XFL adapts some of it. For sure. Yeah, well, we'll have to talk more about that. Your call football. If you you got to check it out, though. Just Google it. It's it's pretty interesting and uh, just a piece of what the XFL might incorporate into their product. Um, Eric Galco, a part of that and a part of this show today. That was fantastic. Remember, everyone, get your answers or your questions to us so we could get them answered from people like Eric Galco. All you have to do is hit us up on social media at XFL Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. This is the XFL Show.com for everything from our youtube videos full episodes interviews they're all it's all there in one place or you can go to our youtube channel youtube.com slash this is the xfl show subscribe to that that's kind of blowing up right now and of course there's old school voicemail get in on the show xfl fan line 724-565-4xfl we'll get back to our regularly scheduled banter next week and uh, we'll react some more to this and we'll talk a lot about what you're talking about we've got people chiming in this week Brian, we weren't able to get to some of their questions. Uh, Jake Wilburn hollered at us and was asking us what the the, the management in, in St. Louis can do to kind of ease the tension there in Missouri. People burned by pro football. I mean, so much to go through from city to city, man, from coaches to how the teams get involved in the cities. We've got a lot of big shows coming up. We got tons and tons of coming up. You know, guys, keep sending in your questions. Keep calling the XFL uh, fan line. That's uh, that, that's huge. We we love to hear from you guys. We want to be able to to relate what you have to say back to the to the league. I mean, this is going to be great. And we're real quick, uh, Alan, if I can say happy holidays to everyone. I know uh, Christmas is around the corner, so uh, I hope everybody's enjoying this time of year. I know the XFLs. 
ramping up, so I'm loving it right now. Oh, absolutely. I already got my – I don't. it's good because I don't have to worry about getting anything cool for Christmas. I already got my XFL gear in that goodie bag, and, <laughs> and, and we're going to be looking for more to give away to listeners as well. But uh, absolutely happy holidays to everybody who's listening. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Well, we'll be on before the end of the year for sure. That'll be next week, 7 a.m., every football Sunday. We'll see you then. For Bryant, I'm Alan. Remember, they're listening. This is the XFL Show.